I was raised as MK or PK for the sake of those who may not know what that is. A MK is a missionary's kid. A PK is a pastor's kid, a preacher's kid, a perfect kid. Much really That's I I consider it a privilege to have been raised in a Christian family. My parents from a tender age taught us the importance of fostering a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and understanding that um, understanding the role the church plays, understanding the role of the Holy Spirit, understanding uh, the role that scripture plays in our lives and the importance of sharing our faith even to our friends in school. And that's the kind of family I grew up in. My mom and my dad, they met in Kenya where my mom is from in Bible College. And after that, we uh, they moved to uh, rural Zambia, where my father is from, as missionaries. And my dad was a principal of a Bible school at that time and a, a pastor to the local church. And I have a twin brother and a young brother by six years um, of age. And I have fond memories uh, growing up. I, I, we were not necessarily rich, neither were we poor, but we were okay. And, but we were definitely privileged. And I remember even growing up as young boys in this home, because this, our house was a boy jungle. There was three boys, my father and my mom. Um, my mom kept up. So that was, that was me growing up uh, as a young boy, but when I fast forward to today, this almost uh, perfect nuclear family that I thought we had is not the same family that was. My twin brother um, has has been to prison two times. The first time he wanted to kill my mother. The second time he was caught um, drugs. My younger brother has been in and out of toxic relationships and battling with um, just trying to figure life out. How might this have, might this have happened after? So at some point. Our family relocated from Zambia to Kenya. My dad was um, was going to further his studies, and later on that year, while preparing to relocate to the, the states, my dad had been enrolled um, uh, into a doctorate program in the states, and while transitioning, it was discovered that my dad had an ongoing affair with a colleague in the Bible College who was teaching that. So as things would have it, he, he was suspended from the program conditionally that he would go home uh, back to Zambia, make things right, confess, repent, and start the process of reconciliation. So my dad hopped into a plane, um, went to Zambia, and that was the last time I saw my father. I was 10 years at that time, I'm 37 years right now, to the And as a 10-year-old, it didn't make sense. I remember 
at this point in our life, everything changed. My mom was a housewife at that time. My, my dad was a sole breadwinner in the house. And uh, when he left, he literally disappeared from the face of the earth. No communication, no provision, no support. Uh, what that meant is we were kicked out of the house we are in, we had to drop out of school and for a year and a half we couldn't go to school. This was before we had free education back in Kenya and for a year and a half um, we couldn't go to school simply because we couldn't afford the fees. Um, I remember nights whereby we would sleep hungry, not because we were fasting or anything, but simply because we could not afford to eat. And I remember this season in my life that everything that was going wrong, I blamed my father for it. Everything that went wrong in my life, even the dumb decisions I made, I blamed them on my father. And so it's this season in my life whereby the weight of unforgiveness chained me and crippled me. It was, it was literally bondage. And... I would remember even walking and bumping into someone and say, if it wasn't for my father, I wouldn't be on this dumb road. I wouldn't bump into this person. I would literally blame everything on my father. If I was late uh, for class, I would say, if it was not for my father, I wouldn't be here in this school. A matter of fact, I wouldn't be walking to school if it was not for my father. If I failed a test... If it was not for my father, I wouldn't be in this position whereby my teacher hates me, my father hates me. So I guess my teachers hate me as well. So there's this weight of rejection and self-pity that governed my life. And I remember making a vow that I will never forgive my father for what he did. I will never forgive my father for leaving. I started resenting him. I despised him, and in my heart, I hated my dad so much, I wished that he would die. And that's the desire I had in my heart, because to me, he was as good as dead. And that hatred overwhelmed me. Being born in a Christian family, at this point in my life, I was saved. I was a Christian. I, would, I think... Being born in a, in a Christian family, I, I think we got saved like 101 times. Who wants to be saved? Who wants to be saved? Who wants to be saved? And I did have a relationship with Jesus. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that anyone should boast. Why do I say this? For me to be standing here this morning, it's simply God's grace. It doesn't make sense how my brother went to prison and I did not. It doesn't make sense how my twin brother got addicted to drugs and I did not. It's nothing special that I did, but simply the grace of God. And God by his mercy, brought friends from the church who walked with me, who took me in and helped me find my identity in Christ and helped me find belonging and helped me know that I am loved. But needless to say, even as a Christian and a believer in Jesus, I was still walking around with a stench of unforgiveness in my heart. 
And I remember, and I remember the Father's prayer is a prayer I could not pray because I could not relate to my Father in heaven because my, because my Father on earth left. So I couldn't, for the longest time, I couldn't trust my Father in heaven because I felt that my Father, who was a representation of God for me on earth, spiritually rejected me. And so I walked around with that void and feeling of rejection. And struggling to relate with God was simply a result of the unforgiveness that I was holding in my heart. I shared earlier on that I wished that my father would die. In in 2009, my father passed away unexpectedly. A few years back before, I remember one of my mentors telling me, Bupe, you need to understand that your relationship with Jesus is suffering because you fail to understand that the person that you hate so much is actually loved by God. Your relationship and intimacy with Christ is suffering because you have chosen to intentionally despise someone whom God loves. Matthew 6, 14 to 15, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other, others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Mark eleven twenty five. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Matthew five twenty three to 24, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift at the altar there and first go and be reconciled with them. Then come and offer your, offer your gift. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. John 13.33-34, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And simply, what was being stated is Christ has set the standard of love. Christ has set the standard of how I ought to respond to my father whom I despised. And they told me, Bupe, forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice to obey God. John 14, 21 says, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves, and he is the one who loves me. And I too will love him and show myself to them. And they say singing and professing you love Jesus does not necessarily mean that you love Jesus. True love requires obedience. And I remember at that moment, I felt the weight of the Holy Spirit resting on me like a blanket and convicting me of my sin. And for the first time in my life, I saw my father through the lenses of Christ. 
I saw my father as someone who was loved by Christ. I saw my father as someone who was broken like I am broken. I saw my father as a child of God. And the one thing I wanted at that moment was to make things right with God. And it is at that moment that I made the conscious decision to forgive my father. And it's not that I felt like forgiving my father. It wasn't an emotional thing. I, forgive, I forgave my father out of obedience to Christ. I forgave my father because Jesus required intimacy with me and the one thing that was keeping me from going deeper into a relationship with Jesus was a simple act of disobedience, of choosing to not forgive someone whom God loved. So my father, my father never got to apologize or acknowledge what I felt that he needed to acknowledge. He died before he could do that. But there's one thing that I thank God for, that by the time my dad was being laid in that grave, the tears I had in my eyes were not tears of guilt or regret. These were tears of love and compassion. Love and compassion towards my father. And a week before my father died, I had bought a ticket to go sit down and have a conversation with my dad. I had already forgiven him in my heart, but I wanted to sit down and have a heart-to-heart conversation with my dad and let him know that I had forgiven him. And you see, forgiveness... It's not my job to expect somebody to apologize to me. It's, it is of no relevance, it is of no concern whether someone apologizes to you or not. It is, that is between them and God. Forgiveness is between you and God. Me and God. I had to make things right with God. And... I thank God that by the time my dad laid to rest, I had peace in my heart. And I was okay. And that burden of unforgiveness was not mine to carry anymore. I'd like to, I'd like to also state that me forgiving my father had nothing to do with me. I do not have the ability to forgive. We do not have the ability to forgive. It's only through the Holy Spirit in us. It's only through Christ Jesus that I could forgive. I could not give forgiveness that I did not have. Because in my nature, I do not have the ability to forgive. But it's the forgiveness that came from Jesus to me that I was able to give back to my Father. The reality is that we are all broken. We are all in dire need of God. We, we, 
We cannot save ourselves. And it's something that I'm still learning that I cannot save myself. And here I am with a beautiful boy. I'm now a father. And that is God's mercy and God's grace. And I cannot raise this boy without the help of the Holy Spirit guiding me. And I cannot love my wife as I ought to if Christ is not at the center of our marriage. And how, how, would, how would we respond to this? For some of us, this, this story is not unique. It's not unique to me. There are some of us who, you grew up with your father and then he left. For some of you, you didn't know your father. You don't even care. For some of us, your father was present physically, but emotionally he was distant. God is calling us to forgive. God is calling us to let go of burdens that we were not supposed to be carrying in the first place. For some of us, it's offense. Proverbs 18.19, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. And maybe you're here, you're like, I don't think I've been offended. But maybe a good litmus test would be if someone, was, someone who offended you walked in this room right now and your countenance changed or you felt uncomfortable. Maybe that's something you need to present to God and ask, have I forgiven? Have I let go? Have I surrendered this hurt and this pain and this unforgiveness to God? And I remember being told, unforgiveness, unforgiveness is not the problem. Unforgiveness is simply a symptom of, symptom of something deeper that's going on. And maybe the question to ask, if you're failing to let go of offense, if you're failing to not forgive, maybe the question to ask is, how is your relationship with God? How is your intimacy with Christ? Holding on to offense is simply telling God that I, I, I don't trust you with this area of my life. I don't trust that you can take this burden. Take care of everything else. My worship, you can have it. Take care of everything else. Take care of my finances. Take care of everything else. But this part, this, let me hold on to this. Matthew eleven twenty eight. as I finish. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I strongly believe that unforgiveness, even amongst believers, eats at us like a virus, and at times it's unseen. And God is concerned about the posture of our hearts. And by the time we're declaring with our lips that we love him, would our hearts be submissive and surrendered to him? By the time we write on our post how much we love Jesus, would his word be written first in our hearts? Before I finish, I remember 
this was an illustration that I was shown um, as a young believer and it rings true today as it did then. So this cable, let's pretend that this cable is an illustration of our life. This is our life and that goes to infinity. You cannot see it. That goes to eternity. You see this part here? This is our life on earth. And this is our life after we die. And the sad thing is we spend a lot of our time and energy investing in this small part here on earth. Yet scripture tells us that the decisions and the choices we make here on earth will impact our eternity. So why would we hold on to short-lived decisions? Why would we hold on to unforgiveness? Why would we make choices that affect our life here when we can make choices that will affect our eternity? Why would we hold on to, let me invest, let me invest, let me save up so I can enjoy this last part of this small bar here and forget that we have this to live for. And so maybe God is calling us to live with eternity in perspective, to be able to see that our lives are short, that we would live our lives like they're numbered, that we would live intentionally, that we would not hold on to something as insignificant as unforgiveness, that forgiving will help us be more effective for God's kingdom here on earth that will affect us eternally. Amen. Amen. Um, I, you know, there was, I was a, Bupe and I have spent some time together, and it's been an absolute blessing. And I think for many of you, that's the first time you've heard the weightiness of just one man's life in the kingdom. Beautiful. Just see Jesus woven through that entire story. And, um, and I just, uh, can we just close our eyes and just, I really feel that the Lord is asking for response in our hearts. And um, yeah, just as you heard Bupe speak, he's a young boy growing up in a family that loved the Lord. And so definitely evidence of salvation in his life. Yet still going through the challenges that he did and having to forgive, you know. And I realize as you talk about this topic of forgiveness, maybe there are someone here that has never experienced the forgiveness of the Father in heaven. You're not even at the starting point yet, but your, your life is a cable, a little black cable that goes on and on and on. That we cannot change. We all have eternity built into us. The question is, what are you doing with that small little silver piece that represents our frail little life on earth? What are you doing with that piece? So it's our responsibility to make sure that every single one of us knows the forgiveness that our Father offers us through His Son, Jesus Christ, and what He did on the cross to make a way for us to be right with the Father so that when eternity starts for each of us, we go on living in eternity with the Father in His glory and wonder and not separated Him from Him forever. Because there's eternity for all of us, whether we like it or not, in this room. The question is where we're going to spend it. 
The loving arms of a forgiving Father in glory, <laughs> reigning with Him in heaven, or separated from Him in torment and destruction forever and ever. And the key here is putting our faith in His Son Jesus and what He did on the cross and receiving His forgiveness for the lives that we've lived that have been offend- offensive to Him. So I want to ask, I don't know everybody here, but if there is someone, man or woman, that has never, ever put their faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, that offer is for you today. And I would love to pray with you and make certain that you are in the loving, forgiving, graceful arms of Jesus today. That you don't leave without knowing that for certain. That you can, like Bupe, lean into the forgiveness of Jesus when you need to. (laughs) And it would be by his grace and his strength and his ability because you know him and you've placed your your trust in him, you've put your faith in him, and therefore you can forgive just like Bupe has forgiven. So if that is you, if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you've never made your life, made his life your life, if you've never come to him in faith, please would you... Everyone's eyes are closed. Just wave your hand to me so that I can pray with you afterwards. Introduce you to Jesus. Pray with you that you may accept his forgiveness, firstly for your life. And then you can step into relationship with him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. Thank you for each of us. Each of us are going to need to forgive and look over an offense. And we're not going to be able to do that without you. So I want to pray for us, Lord. That as Bupe has shared, even from his own journey, where you may have struck a chord in some of our own hearts, where we need to go away and forgive someone who might not be here, maybe far away, help us, Lord. Help us to see what it is that can unlock more of your grace in our lives. Help us, Lord. So I ask in Jesus' name that we be bold and made courageous to really search our hearts, Lord. Bold and courageous to to rest in your grace and your ability to go on forgiving those who've hurt us, also those who may still hurt us, willingly or unwillingly, that we'd be those people, Lord. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.